Hi. Um, so in the process of doing due diligence on all our properties over the last four and a half years, I tend to learn a lot about land in general and particularly about the history of land ownership in Kenya. So that's what I'm going to be talking about on today's episode. I'm Solomon Wangwe and you're watching Own Land in Kenya. So, um, as I mentioned before, we started buying land or investing in land in Konza. Konza is a, a particular location about 60 kilometers from Nairobi on the Mombasa Highway. Uh, we happen to invest on the Kajiado side of Konza because Konza is an old train station village uh, along the old Mombasa Nairobi Railway that happens to be split in two by the railway between Kajiado County and mostly Makueni County. Of a little corner of it sitting in Machakos County, but mostly uh, Makueni has a jurisdiction on Konza. Uh, we happen to invest on the Kajiado side of things. So in the process of due diligence, I learned something very interesting about why, and I'm sure you've noticed, Maasai, the Maasai community are sitting on and owning large, humongous tracts of land. A lot of people don't know this, but Kajiado County happens to be larger than the entire uh, country of Rwanda. You could literally fit Rwanda within Kajiado County, which is not even the largest county in Kenya, right? And predominantly owned by the Maasai community. So how come the Maasai own that much land. Well, I came to find out that uh, in colonial, in the colonial era, uh, era, a lot of the land in Kenya, including Kajiado, was owned by white settler farmers. Right? They were owned as huge uh, ranches, particularly in that area, because of the climatic conditions, which are suitable for livestock ranching. And after independence, a lot of them were not comfortable living in Kenya, so they left and sold the land back to the new government of Kenya uh, and went back to their countries. So in 1963, most of the land got repatriated back into the ownership of this new republic called Kenya. Much later on, in the 70s and 80s, uh, the government started redistributing the land that it owned amongst the communities that these particular uh, pieces of land were located. Kajiado, obviously, having been inhabited by the Maasai, was given to the Maasai community. Uh, the legal term was allocated, right? And legal ownership was given to these communities so that they could settle and move on with their lives as Kenyans should. So what happened is the government did a census of Kajiado County. And back then, uh, from my own research, they found that there were roughly about 1,600 plus uh, heads of Maasai family. This means patriarchs, the grandfathers, the, the men who had huge families that accounted for majority of the population. So there were 1,600 of those particular individuals, men who had multiple wives, as is normally the case with the Maasai community, and their progeny all the way down. So they did a, a census, uh, determined that number, did a survey of all that land, which by the way sits between Athi River, if you're driving down Mombasa Road from Athi River 
which is why you have Kitengela sitting in Kajiado County, all the way down Mombasa Road, just before Voi Town, and then all the way down south to the Tanzanian border, from Oloi Toktok, all the way back up towards Magadi, all the way around where you have Kiserian, uh, Ngong, Rongai, and the National Park in Nairobi. So it's a massive piece of land. And most of that land was allocated or distributed to each of these heads of Maasai families. And the way they did that was because of their lifestyle, each head of Maasai family had to be given enough land so that should he die, each of his grandsons and sons would have generally between two and 300 acres of land because that's how much land they need to keep their livestock healthy throughout the entire climatic cycle of the year, right? So it's not unusual to find Maasai uh, families sitting on thousands of acres simply because their families were large enough to allocate that amount of land. It's a very interesting thing to understand because when you're buying in these kinds of places, you have to be sensitive to the cultural norms because that will make an impact on what you can do or can't do with that property successfully once you own it. This is why we at Goshen Acquisitions are particularly concerned about the fragmentation of land into tiny pieces such as eighths. We hear that a lot, buy an eighth in Kitengela or Isinya or Namanga or Oloitoktok. You know, an eighth is generally about 50 feet by 100 feet in size. Now, what are you going to do with one eighth of an acre in a place where your neighbor is sitting on 500 acres? That would generally create some discomfort or discrepancy between your lifestyle and the lifestyle of the original inhabitants in the place where you've invested. And this is why Kenya's history is important to understand when you're investing in land. If you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us an email. Uh, you can give us a call directly. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and all the other social media platforms. Share the information with your friends. I'm really grateful for you taking time to uh, listen to our, our episodes. It's always a privilege for us to share this information. I am Solomon Wangwe. You're watching Own Land in Kenya. And stay tuned for more information on strategic land investment.